The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. To be adored, there's no one like you. You are the Prince of Peace. You're the one who speak and say, Peace be still. And all will be well. Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Please today, open the heavens. Speak peace to our storms. Speak peace to our nation. And let all be well. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please shake hands with two or three people around you and say, God will be with you today. We are continuing with our series and we are talking about for whom the heavens open. We've been reading a text, Joshua chapter 5, from verse 13 to 15. Joshua 5, from 13 to 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captains of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, it may surprise you, those of you who have been following us, that we've been reading this text again and again, and we are yet to even talk about it. Don't worry. We will talk about it. Because, like we said, we, we started this series, Unto Whom the Heavens Open, based on what happened to Elisha in Joshua chapter 2 from uh, verse 9 to 15. But that we said that the heavens opened to Elisha and heavens had opened to other people before him. And so we started looking at other people for whom the heavens opened. And in this case, we can see clearly that the heavens opened unto Joshua. Um, he was facing a very big problem, a, a, a war that is blocking his way. And later on, we will talk about that. We'll talk about walls. We'll talk about the difference between a wall and a mountain, etc., etc. So there, there are a lot of beautiful things to learn 
from this story. We will, we will come there. But we said that there are certain things that we need to keep on reminding ourselves about. And one of the things we said we should remind ourselves about well, was the issue of some of you now sitting down at home and not going back to church. Now you may say, oh, sir, you've said, talked about this for two Sundays. Yes, I've not finished talking about it. Because w one thing that you need to know is that when the enemy wants to take a champion, he doesn't come with a frontal attack. When he, when he wants to leak the tank of a strong man of God, he doesn't dig a deep hole in the tank. He would dig a very tiny hole so that the, the, the fuel will begin to drop just a little at a time so that the man of God will not even realize that he was losing fuel until a day will come when he will suddenly wake up and decided that I will go up as, as before and discover that the tank was empty. If you don't believe me, ask Joshua, uh, ask um, Samson. And Samson will tell you that Delilah took him a little step at a time down the hill. Oh, if they bind me with uh, new ropes, if they bind me with this kind of rope, and until he little by little began to talk about if they weave my hair. Before finally, say, cut off the hair. See, when you sit down at home, you may not realize it, but little by little, you are losing heat. And I don't, I don't want you to wake up one day and discover that your fuel, is, your fuel tank is empty. Get back to church. The reason we keep going back to church is that the fact that you drank water yesterday does not mean that you don't need to drink today. If you stop drinking, you will dehydrate. Nothing keys like de dehydration. A man can do without food for a long time, but he can't do without water. Get back. Get back to church. And begin to drink from that way that will never run dry. It's, it's so important that I have to keep on repeating it until I believe in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It will penetrate through to you so that by next Sunday, you will be back in church in Jesus' name. And then we have discussed the, the, what, what exactly do we mean by when the heavens open. And uh, we said that, well, when heavens open, certain things happen. The heavens won't open just casually. It's for a reason. And we gave reasons. We said it could be that God wants to reach out and pluck someone special out of the jaws of death. We said it could be that he will stretch forth his uh, everlasting arms to pick somebody who is sinking in a miry clay and promote him. Or it could be to knock down someone who was becoming too big for uh, 
his own good and the good of people arresting around him, that it could be to arrest someone who is trying to block the spread of the work of God, or that it could be that God wants to start a new era, that he wants to start something new, like when he, he wants to bring the gospel finally to the Gentiles. Or it could be when God wants to introduce someone special, a special personality wants to introduce the fellow. And then we said uh, it could be when he wants to welcome a great warrior of Christ to heaven above. And we continue from there and said it could be when God wants to welcome home overcomers of death. You see, there are some of us who are listening to the message of God now who will never die physically. Uh, some people, when they, when they hear us say that uh, the Almighty God will make you whole and that you will never be sick again, they hesitate to say amen. Because they're asking the question, if I don't fall sick, how am I ever going to die? You don't have to be sick to go to heaven. And I'm praying for all of you who are listening to me now in the name that's above every other name for the rest of your life. You will not know sickness. Amen. There were people before who went to heaven without falling sick. Enoch happens to be one of them. That's <laughs> one of the reasons why I believe I might go in the rapture. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Genesis 5, verse 24. My namesake, the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. And he was not. Because God took him. The heavens opened and God just took his boy home. He wasn't sick. He didn't die. He just went. <laughs> I'm laughing because one day Sunday school teacher asked his class, who can tell us what happened to Enoch? And one student got up and said, Enoch and God were so close friends that occasionally God would come down from heaven to pay Enoch a visit. And on one occasion, he paid Enoch a visit, and Enoch was escorting God back to his own house. And they kept on going and going. And by the time they looked back, the house of Enoch was far away. And so God said, don't go back to your house. Just come along with me to my house. Sounds like the story of a child, but full of meaning. You can get so close to the Almighty God that God will cause you to cheat death. When you hear the story of how some people pass away without sickness, without ache, without pain, you want to say, Oh God, how I wish the heaven will open when it is time for me to come home. I still remember an uncle of mine went to church on 
Thanksgiving Sunday. He was a pastor. Had a fantastic Thanksgiving service. Got home, took breakfast. And then the wife was preparing lunch. And uh, just as and it was going to be pounded yam, his favorite food. And just as he was pounding the yam, he decided to go into the toilet to ease himself. And they finished pounding the yam and said, ah, by now you should come out of the toilet. They opened the door to find that he was gone. Now that's a beautiful way to go. <laughs> Have a wonderful service, get home, take breakfast, and go. Enoch was taken. He didn't die. Of course, what about Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 to 11? 2 Kings 2, 9 to 11. I like the way Elijah left. It was so dramatic. He was a dramatic man, so he left dramatically. The Almighty God sent his own Royce Royce to go and bring in his great man of God. Uh, <laughs> he didn't just go in the Royce Royce of the Almighty God. He had escorts to lead him. Chariots of fire. Horses of fire. He didn't go in the chariot of fire. He went in a wild wind. The Holy Spirit came, surround him, and they zoom off. Oh, how I like Elijah. You know, I studied him for three years. He's a good friend of mine. He never tasted death. When you consider the fact that at a stage in his life, he was so sad that he was asking God to kill him. And instead of God killing him, God fed him twice. It pays to be a friend of God. It pays to be close to the Almighty God. God looked at him and said, <laughs> kill you. No, you? You won't even taste death. And then, more interestingly, in 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 51 to 58, 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 51 to 58, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 to 18, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15 to the 18, the Bible gave us a dramatic, dramatic description of what will happen at the rapture. When those of us who remain till the Lord returns, when is the time for us to go? <laughs> we won't go quietly. The world will know something is happening. The trumpet will sound. The whole earth will know. The, 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 the news, because there have been many people left behind. <laughs> The news all over the world will say, we don't know what happened. All we know is that millions have disappeared. They were here today and were gone tomorrow. Oh, how beautiful the rapture will be. Uh, some people have tried to describe it for us. 
as there will be a lot of traffic jam on that day because many drivers will disappear. A lot of aircraft will crash because the pilots have disappeared. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. How I look forward to it. Unfortunately, some pastors don't even want to talk about it anymore. Prosperity had dulled their senses to the fact that heaven is about to open. Some people don't want to leave the world. They're falling in love with the world and the things that are in the world. I have good news for you. If we don't leave, if we don't leave these goodies, the goodies will leave you. One day your hands won't be able to hold on to anything. And that's why it is better for you, like Jesus Christ said. If, he said, if you, if you want to keep your life, you must be willing to lose it unto me. Because if you say, no, 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 I want to hold on to life, you're going to lose life. Sooner or later, it is appointed unto man to die. When the time comes for you to die, you can't take any car with you. You can't take any mansion with you. All the money you are hoarding that is not allowing you to serve the Almighty God, you won't be able to take a single dime or cobble or penny, whatever may be your currency. You won't be able to take anything with you. How wonderful will it be when the rapture comes that you, you welcome the Lord joyfully because you're moving to mansions, mansions built with gold. You'll be walking in on street paved with gold. When the time comes to leave this world, you can't take anything along. I've always told my children the story of a man in my town who was a wealthy man, but he was so mindful of money. He never trusted banks. He kept his money in a big room in his house. And he was so mindful of money, he would follow the wife to the market. You, the wife will price the goods, he will pay. Wife will come home and make the soup for him, and he will keep the soup under his bed. Then he died, and his children, who had gone abroad, came back home, and they were all looking for the key to the big room, and they couldn't find it. <laughs> And one of the children suggested, this rascal might have swallowed the key. <laughs> so they picked up his body, put his head down, and began to slap his back. Believe it or not, true story, out of his mouth jumped the key. You brought nothing to this world. You are going to take nothing out. Prepare for the right job. The heavens can open any time, any time. And those of us who are ready, we go. Now, 
when the heavens open, divine visitation is to be expected. Whenever the heavens open, there will be a divine visitation. It might be an angel that the Almighty God will send. An angel maybe to bring good news. Like in Judges chapter 13, from verse 1 to 14. Judges 13, from verse 1 to 14. It's talking about a family, the family of Manoah. They were barren. And the Almighty God wanted them to know that they were about to have a very special son. And the incident that was so important that the Almighty God needed to send an angel to go and tell them the good news. My prayer today is that the Almighty God will send to you and bring you some good news. Amen. You know the rest of the story, the story of Samson. The angel came, spoke to the mother, told the mother, the child is going to be very special, so be careful what to eat and what to drink. The husband wasn't there, so the husband said, oh God, please, I would love to hear this good news myself. So the angel came back the second time. And in Luke chapter 1, from verse 5 to 17, Luke 1 from verse 5 to 17, the Almighty God again opened the heavens and sent an angel to go and tell his servant, his high priest, the man who had been serving faithfully all the years. The Bible said both himself and his wife, they were righteous. And some of us who have been serving God wholeheartedly, and like in some cases, we have found the men of God, and I believe God is speaking to one particular family today. We've been serving God faithfully. We've been praying for others. They have been receiving answer to their prayers. And there have been a problem in our life that we have prayed about and prayed about and nothing had happened. Oh, may the heavens open today. Amen. May the almighty God send a visit of joy to you. Amen. So when the heavens open, divine visitation is to be expected. It might be an angel, or it may be God himself coming. In Genesis chapter 18 from verse 1 to 5, Genesis 18 from verse 1 to 5, the Bible said Abraham was sitting at home in front of his tent, and the heavens opened, and God came. And God didn't come alone. He came with at least two escorts. You know the rest of the story. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes, he knew immediately these were not ordinary men. And he invited them into his house. And a lot of things followed. Maybe God will give us an opportunity 
to discuss that particular divine visitation in one of these series. But in Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6, Exodus 3 from verse 1 to 6, you will notice that in the case of Moses, God came personally. He paid Moses a visit. He saw the bush that was burning with fire and the, and the bush was not consumed. And the Bible said God spoke to him out of the fire. It wasn't an angel that he sent. He came personally. May the Almighty God visit somebody personally today. Amen. Because when he comes personally, it means several things will happen. For God to come personally, the first thing he has to do is stand up. Because he's seated on his throne in heaven. Isaiah 66 verse 1. Isaiah 66 verse 1. The Almighty God said, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. The Almighty God doesn't have to leave heaven to do anything on earth. The earth is under his footstool. All he has to do is speak a word. And whatever he wants to happen on earth will happen. He doesn't have to leave his throne in heaven. The Bible tells us, Psalm 115, verse 3, Psalm 115, verse 3, he said, our God is in the heavens. See, he does whatsoever he pleases. In heaven, he can settle any situation. But occasionally, the heavens will open. And the almighty God will stand. Stand up from his throne. And when he stands, a lot of things happen. For example, Psalm 68 from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 68 from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, let God arise. And what will follow? His enemies will scatter. Oh, how I pray this morning, or this day, that the Almighty God will arise for you. Amen. That the heavens will open and the one who made heaven and the earth will arise. Because when he does, his enemies scatter. And you know God has no enemies other than your enemies. When he was talking to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, after he knocked them down, and he said, what, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you? How can I be persecuting you when I can't see you, sir? As long as you are persecuting my children, you are persecuting me. When God arises, he takes over your battle. He begins to fight for you. Because your enemies are his enemies. You need to please understand this, that it is written. Whenever you suffer, God is suffering. 
He said, with all these afflictions, I am afflicted. Take note of that. The almighty God is on your side. And the Lord of hosts is going to fight your battles for you. I'm sorry we have to stop here because of time. But we'll pick it up from there next Sunday. And you know the reason why you can't afford to miss this service. But that passage, when he said, let God arise and his enemies will scatter, it's enough a passage to tell you that if you are not on the side of God, when God arises, you'll be one of those who will scatter. When God arises, it means the one who is called the consuming fire is arising. And believe it or not, some people are going to cry to God today and they are going to say, oh God, arise. And when he arises, you better be on the side of God because otherwise you'll be one of those that he will deal with. And so I'm appealing to those of you who are still joking with the issue of your salvation. You can't do that anymore. The time for God to arise has come. Be on his side so that you will not be scattered. So if you want to give your life to Jesus now, please stand wherever you are. Go to whatever is standing for the altar and cry to God. Say, Lord, please save my soul. I can't fight you. Who am I to fight the consuming fire? Please save my soul. Make me one of your own. Forgive all my sins, Lord, and I will serve you for the rest of my life. So that when you arise, you'll be arising for me, not against me. Call on him now, and I will pray with you just now. My Father and my God, I want to thank you once again for your word. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because I know that there are many people now surrendering their lives to you at this moment. Please receive them. Have mercy on them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. And write their names in the book of life. Please receive them into the family of God. And be for them rather than being against them. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, for all of us who will be crying to you today. Please open the heavens and arise for us. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Now all of you who have given your life to Jesus Christ today, I congratulate you because God is now on your side and I know it's going to be well with you. And I promise you that from now on I'll be praying for you. So please get in contact with me very quickly. Let me have your names, your address, and your prayer requests. And I'll be praying for you. And please locate the nearest Redeemed Christian Church of God to you Tell the pastor I sent you, and he will tell you what to do next. God bless you.
please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.